Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Star Trek. Nope, fake nerds watch. Yeah, you know what? Yes, welcome back to another episode of Star Trek. No. <laughs> um, this is Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 3. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Episode 3, 17 Seconds, directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Jane Maggs and Cindy Apple, I think. Appel, probably. We'll go for that. Um, I'm Brandon T. McClure, coming to you from a remote location. I'm at my parents' place, so I'm a little echoey. I hope that's okay. Join me as always on this journey is Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. How are you, sir? Doing good, my friend. How are you? Doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm tired. How's it? How's it feel to be back at the the old stomping grounds, your parents' place? Horrible. I hate this place. Really? Yeah, I hate my hometown. No. Yeah, I despise it. I wish I could burn it to the ground. <laughs> it's hilarious because, like, I've I've only lived, I've I've lived in Florida all my life, but I've only lived in like this small radius my entire life. Like I've never really ventured out of Florida. Like I've lived mm-hmm. in Georgia for summers, um, uh, but that's about it. Like I'd go to my uncle's house for the entire summer and I'd spend it there. Other than that, it's always like here in Florida, here in West Palm. So this place sucks. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're a little, we're a little late this week. The uh, fourth episode is going to drop by the, well, in a couple of hours as we're recording, but probably by the time you're watching this, the fourth episode is out. Um, but you know what? Schedules were hectic. As I said, I had to travel. Um, Cookie has got some exciting things on the way, so uh, getting his time is difficult. For sure. But I really appreciate you doing this with me. What did Thank you think you, of this friend. episode? I thought it was great. I, I definitely thought it was great. And before I even knew that this was Jonathan Franks, it had his his stamp on there. It had his feel on it a lot, and maybe because he had a little bit of uh, a little bit of moments, kind of like shining, especially towards the end of the episode. And it almost just like it was like, yeah, this was definitely written by him or definitely directed by him. One of the two had to happen because it felt like this was his his moment to shine, and I I enjoyed it. You know, Jonathan Frakes has directed, I think every ep- has directed an episode on every live action Star Trek show since the next generation. Really? I think that's true. And I know he directed two movies. He directed first contact and insurrection. So he's Star Trek royalty and he hasn't directed lower decks, but he is directing these, the lower deck strange new worlds crossover episode. Look at that. That's cool. That is cool. I love Jonathan Frakes. Obviously, I love Will Riker. He's one of my favorite characters in all of Star Trek. Um, his episode in season one is, I think, the highlight of Star Trek Picard season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the best episode of Star Trek Picard at this point in time. Right? Right? It, I thought this was ex- I thought this was excellent. Yes. I was I was blown away, literally on the edge of my seat the whole episode. So good, so and it just it, it kept me wondering so much. It kept me guessing. Like I thought I was on the right track with what was going to happen, and then it veers left. I'm yeah. like, okay, let me get back on track, and it's like, nope, we're going to veer right again. It's just like it was really, really great pacing, great action, great development. I loved every bit of it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I've I've seen this episode three times now. 
<laughs> and each time it's it's just such a good hour of television like there's just no two ways around it i thought this, yeah. i think this episode is is excellent um let's start with rafi and Worf. okay uh because that look that's the b plot of this episode it's there's Correct. no two ways around it but i was right Worf allows rafi to no longer spin their wheels they are mm-hmm. the the plot line with Rafi really moves in this episode. Yes, and she and Worf deliver the um, the dynamic I didn't know I wanted because <laughs> we've we've had what we've had like you said last episode we had Data and Picard we yeah. now have Will and Picard but now we're getting Worf and Rafi and it's like this this marriaging of these different characters as couples not in like a uh, a romantic way but just how they mesh together has been so well done and well thought out and each person is like a yin and a yang and a balance to each other yeah when Worf introduces himself a couple of easter eggs that i can't i can't help not point out but Worf is listening to the classical musical piece that picard is listening to in first contact yes that's very cool um Worf lists off his title which the is incredible. <laughs> just I, I geeked out at Slayer of Galron because that's yes. such a great moment in Deep Space Nine when he kills yes. Galron. Uh, I was House Martok. Oh, Martok. So the great. Best Klingon. So like I just I was smiling from ear to ear, and I, I looked at him and I'm like, he's a good looking Klingon. Like yeah, he a is. lot of them are really ugly dudes. Like he actually kept his physique. He looks good with the white. I, I just, I love him as a human being. I love him as a character. Yeah. He was phenomenal. And I, I think exactly his, how he felt. I had goosebumps when I heard his, the name. His redesign, not really redesign. Like they, they clearly have, have painstakingly made his ridges look the same way, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Um, his, his, his white hair, I think works so well for him. He yes. looks so good with that white hair. Um, the, and Michael Dorn doesn't miss a beat slipping at right all. into that, right into that character. Um, he, he's, he's very good at, in that, in that role. A couple of interesting things about it is that Worf, you know, he's like, he's not working with Starfleet, which we kind of figured mm-hmm. it's actually really strange. Worf's trajectory with Starfleet because he, in Nemesis, he's working at, he's working with Starfleet, but that's after Deep Space Nine where he leaves yes. Starfleet to be in Deep Space, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's really strange. Mm-hmm. And now he's not working with Starfleet, but like there are interests aligned. And I was like, okay, this is fine. Um, I'm happy to see this. Uh, and Rafi kind of like, oh my God, you're a legend. Picard yeah. talked about you all the time. And I, I love that Picard talked about, uh, talked about Worf and it's very good. It, 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 the dynamic is incredible. Yes, sir. I, I definitely agree. And I, one of the things that I really liked was the fact that they actually mentioned his outfit because Rafi's mm-hmm. like, you kind of stand out and he's like, well, this is like my, I forgot what exactly it was. I don't know. Casual if wear. Casual wear. I was going to say vacation wear. Yeah. This is casual wear. And it just made me smile and laugh just to hear him say that this is my casual attire. I was like, that's so cool. I did like when Rafi experienced withdrawals because she's so, she was so codependent on her drugs and having to go and do this. And Worf saying like, I told you not to do this. I told you to stand down. And she's like, you blew my cover. He's like, your cover was blown a long time ago, sweetheart. Yeah. And so he even was, says, 
he's not like, you know, you're done. We're done. You're, you need to stop. Nobody want people advise you not to take this mission anyway, because of your history with drugs and addiction. And, and, and she's like, I can do this. I can do this. And there's, after that, there's really no give and take anymore. Worf's like, okay, we're partners then. Yeah. That's it. Just, I, I trust you. You trust me. Let's move forward. Yeah. I, I, I like that. It really, it, again, it does what I was hoping it would do, which is give Braffy subplot momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I want, we can't talk any more about Raffi and Worf without talking about the big reveal. And I want to wait for that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so then let's move to the Titan. Okay. Um, this is, you know, I think some, some excellent stuff every week with the Titan. Um, and this is where I think, uh, Jonathan Frakes has shook off his rust. He delivers some of his best work as an actor, yes. as Riker in this episode. I agree. I, I so, so agree with everything that, like I said, this was his, this was really his episode to shine mm-hmm. and he made it his, his sole mission to be like, you know what? If I have nothing else after this episode, I'm going to go and lay everything on the line. I'm going to put my heart and my soul into this one episode and his monologues that he does, especially mm-hmm. towards the end. It just like it, it, it shakes you as a person. You're like, I, we'll get to it, but it, it just shakes you as a person hearing how well he delivers his lines. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, so Shaw gets uh, injured. He gets injured yeah. and he's like, okay, transfer my command codes to Riker. He's the senior officer on staff right now. It's his ship. And, and Shaw, Shaw because tr- Shaw trusts Riker, get my crew home. Mm-hmm. This is your fault. You get us out of this. Yeah. Um, and I think that that makes well, okay, let's talk about something actually really interesting about Shaw because Shaw gives his bridge staff relief. He's like, okay, we got some time. Guys, you've been pulling 36 hour shifts. Get out of here. Get some rack time. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah. Especially like to actually hear that happen versus it's just like, around the clock kind of like discovery is always just go 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 you never see a switch kind yeah. of take place that's true that's a good point again we we rag on discovery a lot <laughs> and I, I feel bad <laughs> i feel bad oh my god i was gonna actually say we should talk about its cancellation yes i was gonna mention that towards the end of the episode yeah like, let's wait for the end of the episode finals yeah because um, um, people are here for the picard talk and we'll get the discovery talk later for sure when when we see um Shaw kind of like doing that it actually gave him more of like a dynamic to his character and I actually enjoyed him just a little bit (laughs) I enjoyed him as a character I was like okay he maybe he's not all a douchebag maybe he does have a little heart beating inside there like a little Grinch heart beating in there so it was nice kind of of a guy he I know he just he just rubbed me the wrong way because he just didn't just one little incident caused me to ruin my my appearance with them so i mean think about it this way two old ass men walk onto your cat on you're the captain of a ship two old ass men walk onto the sh- to walk onto your ship demand you to change course and but, now you are in a fight for your life i agree now the thing is you're a comic book fan like myself sure so what if that was like we're gonna go with Professor X and Charles Xavier. What if these two old clowns came over to your car and said, "Hey, we need to borrow your car because we need to go and run down to—I don't know—the Pentagon or whatever, or we need to run down to the Golden Bridge. We need to borrow your car." You're like, "Is this really happening?" 
is this really Professor X? And is this really like Magneto sitting in my car, taking the wheel, taking ownership, and I'm just sitting in the back or I'm riding Biscuit in the middle? But you're, but it, the analogy isn't isn't so far off. But I will only say I'm not a soldier. <laughs> touche, touche. Okay. So because again, Shaw has orders to do something that people higher than even Picard have ordered him to do. Yeah, very true. And again, now he's in a fight for his life. Yes, and his crew, and his crew's life. Yes, and like we saw that last week. He's always he's concerned about his crew. He's like. You put got us into this. I do not want my crew to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing that battle, the way that they orchestrated that battle um, in the nebula, I thought was really, really great on how they navigated and allowed for that kind of like PTO time. Just like, hey, let's take a back seat. You guys relax because we're we're away from them. We've we've lost them, or yeah. we've lost them. For those who yeah. can't see the air quotes, and that and that's really nice because like. That gives Sydney uh, a really sweet moment with with Seven, yeah. Uh, just to kind of give her the rehearsed speech, which I'm glad they called it out as a rehearsed speech. Um, but then to have her call her Commander Seven, which is, mm-hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. Um, but Shaw gets incapacitated, mm-hmm. and and Riker takes command of the Titan. Really nice. I gotta just say, as a fan, just as a fan, it's really nice to see Captain Riker in action. Yes, yes, uh, very much we so. Don't, we don't get to see that. Not often, no. We got it twice in Lower Decks, I think. But like that's Lower Decks is like a hyper-specialized hyper version of Star Trek. We don't really get to see like what a Titan show would have looked like. Mm-hmm. And I think this is our like first glimpse at what that show could have been yeah. if it had spun off from Nemesis. Absolutely, absolutely. How did you, how did you feel about seeing Shaw kind of go down to the medical bay and things kind of took a, a random turn for the worse. Did you expect that to happen? Cause I know we both talked about him potentially not being throughout the rest of the series. Cause his character seems like it could be a, a character that might die off. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm happy about it because I do like, I do like the character and I do like the actor. Okay. Um, but I'm, shocked that that character hasn't been killed off and this kind of goes to another thing of like so we're three episodes in now mm-hmm. and we still haven't met we still haven't met uh jordy or deanna or we'll talk about the deanna flashback in a minute um well, that wasn't a flashback though wasn't that that was because we saw her in this episode i believe right well yeah we see her in this episode but as a flashback in the beginning yeah because we see her. when we see like the 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 just after Thaddeus was born. Yes. Um, which I thought was really cute. Just to, just to say, I think that's a really sweet moment between Riker and Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the wrong uniform, but it's fine. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't bother me that much. <laughs> um, uh, but the, um, but uh, the de-aging on Riker looks better than it did on Picard. I think mm-hmm. on that scene, but so we don't have, we haven't met Jordy yet. We haven't met, met Deanna yet. Lore hasn't shown up and we know that Lore is going to be in the show. Mm-hmm. And is that it that we haven't I, met? I believe that's it. I know we're probably going to get the combination of them joining up together and being yeah. like a crew again. Well, so, so, but what I think is really interesting as, 
as it is, we have more to come. Obviously, we're only we're we're pretty still pretty early in the episode in the sh- in the season, and we haven't met some of these next gen characters. And I'm fine with that. Honestly, mm-hmm. if this show was just Riker and Picard go on an adventure, you'd still be cool with it. I'd still be cool with it. Yeah, same here. Because I think their dynamic works so well, and it's been so long since we've seen them work together that it's been it's been kind of refreshing. Like, oh my god, of course, this is what I've been missing in my life. Exactly. Yes. the The rest of the next gen crew is just the icing on the cake. Even though I am a a Jordy fan, so I do want to see him kind of come into the mix. Hopefully, I'm I, I'm guessing this is going to be the episode where he makes his his entrance. I don't think it's oh, going to happen. I think the it's the next one. I think it's the you next think, one. Okay. Personally, be, well, ooh. So I think it's no, going to happen at the end because he's at the fleet museum and they still haven't escaped Vatic yet. Correct. But they, without divulging too far, do you want to just get into that part right now? Sure. Let's just do it. Let's just, da- <laughs> okay. let's stop dancing around it. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with them constantly trying to go and do this, like, chicken and mouse game or cat and mouse game however you want to call it of them running no chicken and mouse okay chicken and mouse <laughs> <laughs> them constantly running and trying to go and hide because they don't have the equipment but they have the speed to potentially outrun them in the nebula and get away yeah. from them so seeing that kind of happen was really really cool really exciting and then having will take over the the titan and seeing picard now be his number one and him saying that that, that was cute. Well, so I think it's time you called me number one. So adorable. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I think I think real quickly before we kind of get into like the big the big revelations of the episode is that I think it's really cool that there was tension between Riker and Picard. Picard's like, you know, it's time to fight. We got to fight. And Riker's like, no, I want to save this crew. We got to get yeah. out of here. We're outgunned. And I think. I fall on Riker's side, and even even I'm kind of wondering why Picard was so gun ho about it. I think it does make sense for who Picard is right now, in his in his life, and who Riker is in their lives. And I think that the the one thing that Picard season one did really well is show how time changes people, and so we're seeing how that time has changed Riker and Beverly and Worf, and we'll keep seeing. If, and I think that's done really well. But what it also has done is. Riker and Picard haven't worked together in twenty over twenty years mm-hmm. because Riker went off to be the captain of the Titan, and Picard went off to the admiral. Be, well, he well he was still the captain of the Enterprise, and then he promoted to an admiral, and then he retired. Right. But it's been it's been so long that they don't work well together anymore, mm-hmm. and that happens with people who just haven't seen each other in a long time. How many times have you? I don't know if you've done this, but like many times, I'll, I'll just. I'll be here in my hometown and I'll reconnect with an old friend that I knew from high school. We have like nothing in common anymore. Yeah. Cause you, you have matured as a person and that person has developed and matured as a person. So your, your interests at once aligned back then no longer aligned Cause you don't see those same things as valuable anymore. Yeah. And we do get, because they are such good friends, we do still get glimpses of the two of them um connected of the two of them working well together with like the torpedo and the phaser by the way beam phasers hell yes um (laughs) the uh so like the torpedo and the phaser bit like yeah that was that was the two of them working together as it always has been but there's but the clash comes when they when when picard is like there was no other option than to fight at this point and like we need to get out of here Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I think that's a, I think that was really well done. And whether or not I think Riker might have been a little too harsh at the end, I think it's kind of, kind of worth I it. I think it's justified. I think so too. I think I think so too. The the I. Picard had no idea that the portal weapon could be used like that, though. Correct. But it's like it, it it kind of like assured Will that like, hey, I was put in command for a reason for this ship. And it's because he does trust me to make sure this crew gets home safely. Because yeah. if not, when you look at ranking Admiral uh, retired or not, looking at Admiral versus a captain, you're going to go and say, well, Admiral theoretically has more right to a ship than a captain does. But in the sense, he chose Riker for the correct reason. And seeing how gun ho um, Picard was at that moment. And it's like, dude, you're not understanding that there's more than just your son, yourself and your ex fling on the ship. There are souls on the ship that need to get home that have families that they have to get to. And all you're thinking about is fighting. And Will's like, you need to, you need to chill out. Like I'm, I'm in command of the ship. Sit back, number one. Yeah. So let's talk about the big reveal before we get any further. Let's do it. So, the, so Raffi and Raffi and Worf's plotline comes to a head when it when it's intru- when they find some guy who sold the, the who sold the portal tech um, to I think Toluco. I think he sold it yeah. to Toluco. Correct. Uh, or Vatic or whoever. And I think it's Toluco. Well, he sold. He's definitely stole it from the Daystrom from the Daystrom Institute. Mm-hmm. And there's two revelations in that one. One, the first, the, the small revelation is that it was a distraction and they actually stole something else. I yes. think that's lore. You think that's what? I think they stole lore. Okay. Really? Because lore is in the Daystrom Institute last we saw. That's very interesting. That yeah. is extremely like, that wouldn't surprise me because if you really think about it, using using data and then like him being gone and having the rest of the crew back again. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that's how Laura comes into play because how is he activated? Because he was deactivated and dismantled at the end of, of the two-parter that we last saw him in descent. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't shown up again since. And last we heard B4 was in the Daystrom Institute. We saw him in Picard season one and Laura is probably at the Daystrom Institute. So if they stole lore and reactivated him, that I think brings him back into the into the story in an interesting way. The major revelation, the though, major, which had me like spinning. I was like, "What is going on here? This is amazing." Changelings. Yes, and I, I was never like, thought I'd hear the word changelings again. Deep Space Nine. Here we go. I was so ecstatic, dude. Me too. I was, was I I flipped. Like I, again, when I say that I was on the edge of my seat the entire episode, I mean it. Up to this point, I was already like, oh my god, oh my god. And even when I saw the guy, the other guy get punched in the face and like morph his face, I was like, that's weird. Probably just a shapeshifter. That's that's that fine. <laughs> but like we saw, we saw a changeling in in Discovery season three. I don't yeah. know if you remember. Or it four. I don't. It wasn't executed very well. No, it's it's just a thief. Yeah. So 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 when this guy becomes a changeling, and it's like actually, there are changelings trying to restart the Dominion War. Yes. It's like, oh yes. shit, dude! It hit me so hard. And then 
Worf going and saying, well, I know a changeling who is a like, man of honor. Oh, it melted me, man. I was like, that's so beautiful. So freaking beautiful. Nice, nice callback to Odo. Uh, definitely, definitely needed the idea that like Odo contacted Worf and said, hey, look, there are some changelings that have split from the Great Link who, who are going to try and attack the Alpha Quadrant. Yes. I can't do anything about it, but you can. Give me chills, bro. You're giving me chills, man. So good. <laughs> made me so made me ecstatic. This, it did. The fact the fact that we got a stealth sequel to Deep Space Nine. Yes. And I was talking about, I was like, hey, even though we're getting a send-off right now for for next generation, there could be a send-off potentially in here for some from some more stuff. And I I'm really happy that we are getting some Deep Space Nine callbacks. Especially big callbacks like that, because that was huge. And I, I'm just ecstatic, dude. I'm ecstatic to see how this is going to happen. How the war might potentially get reinvigorated and restarted up is going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see where this goes. How the changelings are connected to Vatic, who I don't think is a changeling. Yeah. Well, I think she could be because of how. No, she's got a scar. No. It, it, it's just weird like her entire crew is like different aliens and she's yeah. able to communicate with them but at the same time changelings don't need necessarily to talk to communicate yeah i don't think she's i don't think she or her crew are changelings i think she's working for the changelings okay or changelings are working for her but again this is all speculation like we don't really have a lot it's it's weird that a changeling would willingly have a scar on her face Mm-hmm. you know yeah i'm not saying it can happen i'm sure maybe maybe that is the case it's just mm-hmm. where where the show is at right now i'm just not as convinced that she's a changeling so then um, how do you how do you foresee do you foresee her being just another pawn in the great link or do you think that maybe she's more of the queen in the great link oh i don't know i think that i think it could be it could be this the changelings who who have split from the great link has have hired vatic okay to help them with their with their but then how does jack crusher fall into this there's still some pieces that aren't connecting and that's fine we're we're yeah. only 3 episodes in and and is, this is definitely there's still there's still we're they're giving us pieces to connect and they're keeping pieces away. So I'm not, I talked about this a lot with season two, if you recall, but like by the end of the season, we still had so many pieces to the puzzle that just weren't connecting. Correct. And I, and I don't think any of them connected very well by the end of it, but mm-hmm. here we're still early enough that we've, we've gotten enough pieces. There's some pieces connecting and there are some aren't that aren't. And we're early enough where I'm like, Okay, I'm still I'm still waiting for more of those pieces to come to me, and I'm I'm happy that at the pace that I'm being given them. Correct, and I was about to say the same thing. I think that the pacing of everything and how how we are getting answers, and it's like these answers are being now filled with another question, and it's a constant yeah. change off. Not to say changeling, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> but seeing those like hands kind of flip flop between answering questions and getting new questions i'm really liking and i think that it's really interesting how everything's flowing so smoothly and we're we're only three episodes in this is what eight is it an eight episode season it's 10 10 okay so we still have plenty of time to really develop a lot more and 
I think that this is really just like not even I think we're now pushing what we thought was the A plot with this striker ship now strike. dropping down strike strike ship now dropping down to maybe a B level type of plot. And well, maybe- I don't necessarily think it's that. I think what we're seeing now with the changeling plot line with Worf and Raffi is is the A plot is going and the B plot is is getting closer to intersecting with it. So you think it's going to merge into one giant A plot? I think soon we're going to see the the two plots collide. Okay. Um, which I, I'd be happy with because putting, you know, it's just, it would just be a bummer keeping Worf away from the rest of the crew. And I don't think yeah. you're just going to, I don't think you're going to do that. Well, I do. When you brought up Jack, I had a little speculation on him. Now that you brought this sure. up with lore, maybe he has like a missing piece that in order to activate lore, they have to get Jack because Jack knows where that missing piece is because they've been traveling mm. Him and his mom have been traveling over the galaxy all over the place. So maybe they've stopped off here, stopped off there. And in doing so, they've ended up acquiring that piece that's missing that they need to bring lore into the action. Well, it's possible. But Jack has this. Why would you want him to be? Why is he wanted? Yeah, Jack has this kind of flashback sequence. Not flashback, like a hallucination sequence when he's passing out from the Vitruvian. Vitruvian? Vitruvian gas. gas. That's not it. Um, uh, the the gas um, when he so to imply that there's something more kind of destined with that character. Um, I guess it could be, but it's it. I, the, what Vatic wants from Jack seems a bit more personal. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, we haven't talked about Beverly and Picard scene. I was going to get to that too. I was going to get. Well, we still had to do Beverly and Shaw. Oh, let's go do Beverly and Picard first. Okay, all right. Because uh, I, th- I think that I think that scene is incredible. The two yes, of them yes. together. Gates McFadden gets to act for the first time in years. I just, I just love her. It's really nice, and I don't mean like I'm sure she's acted in things that you know TV and stage and whatnot. But I mean like in Star Trek, she doesn't yeah. really, she doesn't always get a lot of meat to work mm-hmm. with, and I think she got a lot of some some really good stuff in this in this episode. Yeah. I definitely and I I love the fact that we we got this talk. We got them to kind of like sit down and just really air out everything. And you're like, how could Beverly go and keep her son away from Picard for all these years? And that gets answered so beautifully. It's it I, I love the way that each line was delivered and seeing how Picard's face changes as each line gets hit, as he intakes each line, and he's like, Wow, wow. Wow, what, I, what I like about it, what I like about it is that they're both right. Yeah, they are. This 100%. is this is an argument where both of those, where both of these two people are right. She was wrong to take him, but he was also wrong. Yes, uh, but he was also right. He's also right to be mad, but she's also right to be mad. That they have every right to be mad at each other, and they're both have every, and they're both in the wrong, and they're both in the right, and it makes such a such an interesting argument to 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 watch because. You know, Picard, because Beverly is like, look, when I got pregnant, all these things happen. And so and and what's really cool about that is that we get little hints at what happened after Star Trek Nemesis. Yes. Like before Picard left the Enterprise. Yes. And, you know, he's like, I didn't know that that I was going to be the last time that I saw you. Mm -hmm. And that's a really heartbreaking scene. 
and then when he and then when when and she's like I you know I could I I knew I could protect my child I didn't know I could protect the cards it's like you you and she was like you know I you used to tell me all the time how much you don't want to be a father because of your relationship with your dad and he's like you're you never right gave me the chance but you never gave me the chance to prove that and yes. to prove that I wouldn't. And so he, so and he even says like, and this is, this is where I'm really glad that season two exists. Okay. Uh, because he says, I have learned that I would never have become my father, but you took away the chance for me to learn that 20 years ago. Yes. And that's where like his Shakespearean acting took place. And I was like, wow. And then she, she delivers this, absolute gut-wrenching line where she's like i told jack who you are he just did not want to meet you and i was like oh my god that just like tore away his soul that his own son wants nothing to do with him it and and it's that line that makes him disregard jack when he walks out of the uh, out of the sick bay and he says walk with me will and will has a really interesting perspective because he's lost his son Correct. And, he, and he's like look you know you don't want to you don't want to regret this which is you know because in the flashback you know he talks about the 17 seconds to get from the bridge to the sick bay mm-hmm. the turbo which bookends with picard going from the bridge to the sick bay at 17 seconds yes uh, to 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 make sure that jack doesn't die is honestly man i this is a really good episode. It, it, was, it was great. And it, I wanted to point that out. And I'm glad that you did. Cause it's that like, same thing again with the yin and yang, where you have at one point, Will is going to a birth. And then yeah. the other point you have Picard going to a potential death. And it's so awesome how both are aligning perfectly. And exactly what you said, cause we both have experienced loss in our lives, especially with somebody close to us. And we get it all the time. You hear it all the time. Like, Oh, you're not granted tomorrow. Tomorrow's never granted. So make the best of what you have and things of that nature. And it's like, Will sees it at the site of, I would give up anything to have one moment with my son. Mm-hmm. Do not go and forsake everything because you lost out on 20 years. Those 20 years, you'll never get back, but you have the moment right here and right now to make something, to do something, to go make things happen. And Picard is an old dog. So it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. But I feel that he will eventually break down, like Will's going to break through him, or maybe even Jordy might get into that moment of breaking through to him and make him realize like, hey, I need to make amends with my son, and I need to make sure that he knows I will be his father moving forward. With a lot of talk of fathers and children, obviously we've we've got a lot of talk of Thad, uh, who passed away before the Mm -hmm. events of season one, Jack being Picard's son. We know that Sydney and... um, there's one more child of the forge that we're going to meat. Um, Beverly, obviously Jack's kid. Um, Will Crusher kind of being gone to speak. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was actually going to say a different, I was going to set up, I'm setting up a different joke. Do you think we'll see Alexander? <laughs> no, we're not going to see. <laughs> right. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's uh, I was, I saw a meme where it was just like Raffi after Worf says all the like the the dialogue he says and, and Raffi's like son of a father of Alexander and Worf goes who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, priceless! So I'd, uh, <laughs> I guess we, I I would I would honestly be totally okay if we saw Alexander because if I think we did it would be cool. I would, it's kind of shitty though. how that character gets the shaft so often. Yes. 
I would laugh so hard. I would literally probably call you up and be like, dude, did you just see what happened? Dude, they got Alexander. <laughs> now, I think that's that would be really funny. But um, but there, you know, there is kind of this like story happening about like, you know, a ne- the next generation. Yep. Look at you. Right. Like, like it is, it is, it, we're seeing a lot of talk about how these legacy characters are passing down the baton and you know how how it's happened to them before like you know it's considered that kirk and spock and mccoy they passed the baton to the next exactly. generation crew yeah now we're kind of seeing that happen again and i think that's intentional there's a lot of talk about there's a lot of talk early early in the production of the season where they were discussing how you know there's kind of set up for more mm-hmm. and i think that's what we're seeing i think we're seeing while this is the end of the next generation cast, we're also seeing the beginning of a new cast of characters that could potentially headline their own show afterwards. Yes. And we'll talk about that when we talk about discoveries to cancellation. Sounds good. Um, well, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, where, where to next? Shaw, Shaw thinks that she, he, th- he's trying to figure out why the strike can yes. find them. Yes. And uh, so Jack and Seven have to team up. Correct, and you're you're seeing this dynamic, and out of nowhere, uh, Shaw's really like something's happened to him, and you don't know exactly what. He's just on the sick bed and just laying there, and he's like looks like he's about to have like a stroke, a seizure. He's about to die. This man is going into cardiac arrest. Did you something's see that? Happened. Did you see him fly across the bridge? <laughs> yeah but i mean we've seen it so many times where that kind of like happens and they just get up and there's just like a little bit of dust on them oh sure but those bridges had carpet <laughs> soft landings yeah soft landings. This, so is, like, this bridge doesn't have carpet not at all not at all it's all tile <laughs> <laughs> um seeing him lay there and you you realize like oh crap this dude's gonna die and the i don't know the doctor's name who's actually running on the titan who's like the head doctor I don't know. You know she's a she's a trill. Okay. Yes. Yes. I was. Ha- I saw the dots in the face. I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. cool." Um. So seeing her kind of like, "Oh," and say, "Nothing's wrong with him. He's fine. He's probably just into like a little bit of pain." And she's like, "No, something." Beverly's like, "No, something's definitely wrong." And she feels around and she finds out that it's internal bleeding, and she goes into doctor mode. And the the old doctor, the trill doctor, saying like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You've been out of the medicine practice for so long," and it's like. Sometimes the old stuff is better than the new stuff. Well, the thing that that kind of bugs me about that line is it, it feels very prejudiced almost. Like the 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 Titans doctor says that it would take me longer to teach you all the things you missed, but medicine doesn't evolve that far in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So a doctor from 20 years ago could conceivably do a lot of the same. She knows how to work a tricorder. Yeah. The tricorder tells you what to do. Yeah. So like, and, and, and the only thing that would change is that would probably, there would be different types of medication. And then she could ask a nurse, Hey, do you have something for a broken, do you have something for a broken bone or do you still use the broken bone mending blood or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and, and like David, Dave, Dave Blast, the production designer talked about this already on, on, on Twitter that they wanted the med bay, the sick bay to look very similar to the one on the Enterprise E because medical um, 
medical technology doesn't evolve as quickly as other technology. Okay. So it still should look relatively familiar to us. You know, they still have the med bay. They still have the surgeon beds. They still have the, the, the hype. They still have hypo sprays. Like it's a lot, it's a lot of the same things. It's just kind of been a little bit more streamlined. Mm -hmm. So Beverly shouldn't actually be completely out of her element. Like that doctor says she, she is. And, and she proves, and she proves that by, by being like, I ran an imaging scanner. There's no internal bleeding. An imaging scanner doesn't always pick up the internal bleeding. So having the so so she has her old world doctor thing to be like this is this is what we did on the Enterprise D. This is yes, th- he's bleeding internally. Yeah, well, it, it reminded me a lot of like back in our day when we went to school, and you had to do like computer class. At that time, it was like I don't know Windows eight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it's like by time you finish that class and you got to the end of it, there's been like four generations of Windows already happening. And nobody teaches the old way of what you should do back with Windows 8. And I feel like that sure. was kind of like the same concept where this new doctor, this troll doctor, is not used to actually feeling somebody's body and saying, oh, this is what's actually going on because she's never taught that old school method. But now you have Beverly, who's been taught that method, relies on that instantly and says, I don't trust all this imaging because I'd rather go and feel. That's the way I'm taught is to feel and maybe – that's the disconnect where she has the the upper hand, if you will. Yeah, I think that I think there's something to that also. You know, medical technology, the technology in Star Trek can kind of be seen as like the next generation and and the original series, the difference in technology is like CDs to floppy disks. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. You can't put a floppy disk in a CD drive. No, you can't. <laughs> but the difference in technology from the late 24th century to the very, to the first year of the 25th technology uh, uh, of the 25th century. century is DVD to Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. You can put a DVD in a Blu-ray in a, in a Blu-ray disc and it'll play. Yeah. And I think that, I think that, that is exemplified in Beverly's um, and how Beverly handles this because she resuscitates uh, Jack. Yeah. Because again, she knows how to work a tricorder. Tricorder mm-hmm. technology doesn't seem to have changed very much. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely, I agree. That was a good analogy. And I, I really, I really appreciate, um, by the way, this is the same tricorder technology from the second season. I really like it. I think it's a tricorder tech is really cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a phone, by the way. I think it's just like an Android phone, (laughs) but it it looks really cool. Um, Jack also gets a chance to do a bit of a doctoring. And I thought he was, I thought that was cool. See that other side of him. It was, I, okay. So when I saw that, I was like, ah, this guy's already starting to flirt with the ladies. I see him. I see him working his magic. He's just trying to bend his, mend her bones. But it just, it reminded me what we spoke about with Picard being a fan back in his younger days. So it's yeah. like that little hint was a reminder of like, Hey, Picard was a ladies man. He was a slut back in the day. His son was like, his son's a slut as well. <laughs> I I really like Ed Spillers, by the way. I think he's really good as Jack, uh, as Jack Crusher. Um, do you know, do you know the controversy around his age? I think you, t- didn't you tell me like it's a 10 year gap or whatever type of ordeal? He's, he's I think 35. Okay. But the but the character is twenty, and it's yeah it's supposed to be yeah, I think that's kind of fun. Anyway, um, we had Shaw with Jack, 
Yeah, and so, so Shaw says to Jack, how are they finding us? Yeah. Which leads Jack to, I think, I think I re- what I really like is how organically Jack went to seven. Like, it wasn't that, like, I need, I need someone's help, but he can't get to the bridge. So he's like, okay, seven was a Fenris, was a Fenris Ranger. She would know some tricks. Okay. What, what would this trick be mm-hmm. that would get these people to find us in this nebula? It shouldn't be possible. Um, and that leads to seven and, and Jack uh, finding the sabotage. By the way, the moment we saw that guy, because when we see the changeling on the Titan at the first, yes. because we first see him, he, they're looking at the, they're looking at the back of the ship to see if they can find the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the moment I saw that guy, I was like, oh, this guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was a changeling, but I thought he was a dick. That's hilarious. He, yeah, he definitely, he just rubbed me the wrong way instantly as well. He was another shot to me. There's <laughs> a whole ship full of shots. <laughs> This was um, overall though a really a really oh, great episode. The Vulcan the Vulcan science officer, she's really cool. I like her. Do you think we're gonna get more more Vulcans? I don't know. I, I just I think the whole bridge dynamic when Riker takes command of the bridge is really cool. It's really nice to see Riker take that command. Um it's just something we hadn't seen before. And his face when the Titan is dis- when the Titan is disabled. Yes, and it's like this is your fault, Picard. No, but it's not even that. You look at it, you look at him, and he's and he's just like there's so many emotions running through his face, and none of them are anger. Yeah, until he turns to Picard. Yes, and that's when he's angry. Yes, and it was ending the episode like that way was so fantastic. Oh, we haven't talked about the portal weapon. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it because that's so cool. It is, and it's like we. We talked about it in episode two where we had the the academy just kind of vanish and then get yeah. dropped. And we didn't know kind of where that technology kind of came from. And then we're seeing it again happen in like real time again. And it was so cool over the, and over again. The way – so I, we've, talked, we've talked all the time. When we talk about Star Trek Discovery, I always mention how good the show looks. Because I do think the show looks really good. Mm-hmm. But, but Picard this season – has really stepped it up. Yeah. And I think I think this season looks incredible. The the shot of the Titan leaving the nebula through the portal and but the camera's following the Titan through the portal. Yeah, it's like oh is it it's so good. That's such yeah, a good shot. The yeah the cinematography on here and the digital effects are really really superb. Yeah. And I, I did like the way that like Riker was like hey uh LaForge get us out of here and she just turns her ship around, and you watch, and you're like, "All right, are you guys gonna like hit some warp speed? What's going on? Why are you taking so long to get out?" Well, they can't get to warp until they leave the nebula. Exactly, yeah. So you see them turn to try to leave the nebula, and it just forces them right back into where they were. And I was like, yeah. "No!" It it it's so good. I I'm final thoughts on this episode. I think I've got all my notes done. I just this is. This was a, such a good episode. It was. Um, I have a hard time believing that the that the show will beat it. Um, but this was by far. I get the bar isn't isn't a high, but this was the best episode of the show so far in all three Correct. seasons. This episode yes. was incredible. I, I'm right there with you, 100. Um, and it's it's starting to really creep up. At least for this one season. 
is really getting up to strange new worlds for me. Like I'm really, really like I'm liking it that much. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, it could it could conceivably hit lower decks for me. Really? Yeah. Is lower lower decks is still higher than Strange New Worlds for you? Though, no, right? Strange New Worlds is number one for me. Oh, lower decks has been number one for me. Oh, okay, interesting. So lower decks is number two for me. Gotcha. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So so Strange New so okay actually this is a good how would you rank the current Star Trek shows? Do we have to include Discovery? <laughs> yes, we have to include Discovery. Okay, so starting from the bottom would be Discovery, and it's no no hate against anybody in development with discovery at all like you guys are doing you guys are doing work it just this is just not the show for me um but discovery uh i have not seen prodigy so i can't actually go and rank it on there then i would do picard then i would do strange new worlds and then lower decks okay uh i would do discovery on the bottom unfortunately then prodigy okay then picard then Lower Decks, then Strange New Worlds. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's where Picard is for me. At the moment, at this moment in the season, I'd be I'm very interested to know where it will hit by the end of the season. I'm I'm right there with you. Do you want to go and talk some discovery before we close out? Yes. So before we end this episode, guys, the real quickly, guys, the Picard talk is done. If you don't want to hear us talk about Discovery for a bit, you can leave. Uh, that's fine. But let's talk about the big news that mm-hmm. Star Trek Discovery will be coming to an end. Yes. At season five. Yes. I, I'm happy. I know it sounds mean. <laughs> You're happy. I am very happy. Um, I do hope that they can conclude this story. And really understand, like, hey, y'all have screwed up too many times to, like, not get this last season right. So end it with a bang. And end it strong. End it hard. Make us regret that this is going to be the last and final season of Discovery. Mm-hmm. That's what I really want to happen. And I want them to lay everything out on the line and just say, you know what? Screw this. We're doing this. We're going big. We're going home. We're going to take all this budget. And we're going to make a hell of a series. Just blow it out of the park. And that's what I'm hoping for. I don't think we're going to get that, but I hope for it. So I talked a bit about this already on the Fickner podcast last week. Um, for those of you who who want, I'll say a lot of the same things. I'm actually bummed. Really? Why? Well, Discovery, I think, had a lot of potential moving into the 32nd century. And a lot of potential that it didn't really get a chance to do. It, I feel like... We talked about it a lot. Like Discovery for me is like aggressively fine. Mm-hmm. Um except for season two, which I think is I think is really great. Um, but the final two the last two seasons of the show have been have have not really done what I think they should have done. Moving to the 32nd century should have freed the show, but it really didn't. Mm-hmm. And I w- and I was kind of hoping that a long run for the show, it can finally kind of find its legs again and be like, okay, you know, we're, we, we, we realized the potential more than anything. It's a bummer that we're going to leave this crew without me knowing half of their names. <laughs> and isn't that sad? Yeah, it really is. Cause like, I'm the discovery is not a flawless show. There was a lot of love put into discovery and there's a lot of hatred that goes towards discovery that I don't think is, 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 it's fair. is fair. Um, because it's, it's really not that bad. Um, 
but it is the it it is for me for my money the weakest of the Star Trek shows, and for its flagship, I always kind of felt like it had the potential to be more, and mm-hmm. it never really did that. It never really got to be more. <clears throat> but more than anything, it's a bummer that it doesn't look like this was the plan. I was going to say that um, I felt that at least from my my takeaway on it was. Strange New Worlds did so well, and seeing how well Lower Decks does, seeing all these different different shows do so well, and then seeing Discovery just con- constantly just plummet and plummet and plummet, and then like realizing, okay, what is going on? Why there's this disconnect between the audience and then the cast and the story that we're trying to go and perceive? And I think because of that, they're like, might as well just scrap it all away. We have three amazing shows that are doing really well. Let's put our time and effort into these amazing shows that are doing well. Even though, yes, we're losing Picard, we still have Strange New Worlds that's doing great. We have Prodigy that's probably coming back for the children. And of course, we have Lower Decks as well. So we know of new seasons coming for Prodigy, Lower Decks, and Strange New Worlds. And it looking likely Strange New Worlds is getting a third season renewal, which would be great. Mm -hmm. But... With Picard coming to an end and Discovery coming to an abrupt end, and now to be fair, they're doing reshoots to 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 make sure the season wraps up in a way that um, feels like a, se- a series wrap up and less of a season wrap up, which is which is good. I'm glad they're getting the chance to do that. This has more to do with Paramount putting less money into Paramount Plus than it does Star Trek Discovery. Okay, uh, as a as Star Trek Discovery's quality. So with Picard and Discovery coming to an end, it it kind of puts a dark cloud over the future of Star Trek on Paramount Plus. And I don't know if you know if you notice this, but the streaming bubble is about to burst. Oh yeah. It's the it, it's becoming an unsustainable method for making television at this point because mm-hmm. the the budgets are insane. Yes, very much and there's so many different avenues that they can potentially go down. Yeah, and and because they're they're not getting ad revenue for any of these, they have to rely on subscription revenue. And after a while, you're not getting new subscribers. In fact, Paramount yeah. Plus lost subscribers last year. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Marina Sirtis talked about that with um on the on the cruise, on the Star Trek cruise. By the way, we should go on the Star Trek cruise. You and me. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, like, what I what I think is really is so what I think is kind of worrying is that because Star Trek is now a streaming only show, if that streaming bubble pops, Star Trek will mm-hmm. be a casualty of it. Yes. Well, well, okay. So when Discovery first started, I forgot the streaming service it was on. Do you CBS remember? CBS All Access. CBS. Okay, and then that just took a dump. A huge. Well, that dump. that became Paramount Plus. Correct. I I feel that Paramount Plus does not have anything sustainable for it because when you look at other like other um streaming services they have a lot going on hbo has game of thrones they have all these different things they have last of us you have amazon having um jack reacher the boys you have what's going on right now with uh amazon you had lord of the rings i mean they have heavy heavy hitting shows that people are drawn to yeah, well, Amazon is an, is an interesting case because they aren't just a streaming yeah. service. They're also this is their a, second. This is their side piece is doing right. This, yeah. this is their side hustle. <laughs> yes, but when it comes to like Paramount, it's like, okay, what did you guys have? You guys had Halo that 
is terrible. <laughs> like god awful terrible. <laughs> it's terrible and I still haven't even finished it for my which I don't think I'm going to. I really am trying but I don't think I will. I really don't. Um you just got to tell your patrons like I'm sorry, I don't want to put myself through this torture anymore. <laughs> it's 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 brutal. So it's like they they don't have any shows going for them and what's going to draw people into Paramount? Nothing because if if you're losing Star Trek listeners, Star Trek viewers because you're now canceling off shows, it's like they have literally pretty much two shows to watch and a kid's show. And it's like, okay, that, that's the extent of your Star Trek bubble is that. Yeah. The other thing is the future of Star Trek is unknown at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a lot of call for a sequel series to Picard, maybe with Seven and Raffi, maybe with a new crew in total, but continuing the exploits into the 25th century is something that I think Paramount plus needs to consider. Um, and especially if Picard does really well, then Terry Metalis is the person to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. there's rumors. There've been rumors of a, of a Starfleet Academy show. Um, the, the section 31 show has been in development for 40 years at this point. It sounds like, um, (laughs) and, and, and that, and so that'd be kind of cool. Streaming shows don't often get five seasons, so it's mm-hmm. really it's really cool that Discovery was able to get five seasons. It's a, it's highly unlikely any of these Star Trek shows make it to seven seasons, like the old shows did. Yeah, I would love it, but it's unlikely. Mm-hmm. God, man, give me seven seasons of Strange New Worlds. Um, but well, Strange New Worlds is actually a really good point. Really good point because we don't have a lot of real estate in Strange New Worlds to move yeah, because eventually it's going limited. to hit the original series. Correct. It's very limited. Hey, we're gonna get to a point where we're gonna have we're gonna see the 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 death of or the the situation that's gonna take place. Yeah. So they so they're gonna hit that eventually. Um. So there's the Stranger Worlds has kind of got a deadline on it, and I I hope they they are able to go as far as that. Lower decks can conceivably go for a while. Uh, Prodigy could probably go for a little while because that's a that's a that's also a net, a Nickelodeon show, not just a Paramount Plus show. Mm-hmm. But a but a streaming show, but a, but in live action that just becomes Strange New Worlds, becoming the flagship show. So if you do the Section Thirty One show, which nobody wants, and you do the Starfleet Academy show, which maybe somebody wants, I I kind of want it. I would want it, yes. So then there's two more shows for you, but again, it's just kind of unknown where Star Trek goes from here. The other th- the other project that we're also haven't heard a lot about since its announcement was Star Trek Con, which was the audio adventure coming to Spotify. I want to say it was Spotify, yes. I think so. Um, yeah. That Nicholas Meyer is working on. We haven't heard about that since Star Trek Day last year. It's I and yeah, and I I, I remember hearing about it because we both are podcasters, so naturally anything audio related we're like we tune in on we're like what dude i'm so excited for that show too yes i am and it's so there there is a lot of potential real estate that they can go down yeah. it's just making sure that they have something that is of interest to a long fan i just think i think the way to go is making a show set after picard do you if, think that if they did that i Yes, if they did that, I think it, I think it would go a lot better. At this point, Star Trek is a streaming show, and there's no way as a streaming series, there's no way around that. No, no, I'm I'm in, as in like, okay, do you think that they should leave Paramount and maybe go to another location? Like, 
I, I don't own this, but like going to Apple or going to Hulu, where you have the mm. the the versions of ads that you can actually utilize. That's a good that's a good point. And you know, it should be it should be mentioned that a lot of these streaming services are utilizing ad supported uh tiers. Um yeah. I have Paramount Plus ad supported. It's awful. The ads on Paramount Plus are sway too loud. I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> but the um so so like there there is ad revenue coming to some of these streaming services now. Um but I think at this point I don't see Paramount selling Star Trek. Because that's their only hope. Yeah, that's really all they have. Um, Unless they get like uh, an abundance of money where they're like, hey, we can give you guys an offer that you guys can, or maybe doing some type of joiner where it's like Disney Plus and Discovery kind of concept. Maybe, but there's also, there's also, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta remember that Paramount right now is in the middle of a costly merger with Showtime. Yes. So that's also taking a lot of the revenue away. I, at the end of the day, it's it's really not Star Trek Discovery's cancellation that has me bummed. It's the uncertainty of what Star Trek's future is mm-hmm. that has me bummed. And so, I hope we can. I hope they can resolve these issues. Do you think that the merger will happen with Showtime? Oh, it will. It will one hundred percent happen. So then, do you think that we could? Is there's a potential to kind of get a a rated R Star Trek, <laughs> like a skin, like a Skinamax Star Trek? <laughs> yes. Do you think there's a potential <laughs> for that? Not, I'm no, not saying no, like porn so. or anything, but I mean like more of like you're really getting a lot more of the violence involved in there. You're getting a lot of that kind of concept. That was Discovery. In the beginning, yeah, but it just it it really died down extremely sure. fast. Uh, I don't I don't see them trying that again though. Okay. Cuz again, they tried that with Discovery season 1 and they decided against it after season 2. Yeah, like yeah, no, it's not for us. Yeah, I don't I don't see them doing that again. Don't be well, wrong. Fingers though. crossed that this thing continues to live long and prosper, so cute. <laughs> Hopefully it continues to boldly go. There you go. It's five-year mission, at least, right? Yeah, exactly. And we'll get five years of... I think we'll get a good five years of Strange New Worlds. I hope. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I Again, I just want to know what's after Picard. But we'll have to wait to see. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that'll do it. That's going to do it for me. All right. So that that's that Star Trek Picard episode three and a little talk about Star Trek Discovery's cancellation um, for, for you guys. You get two episodes for the price of none. <laughs> um <laughs> so that'll that'll do it guys thank you so much for 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 joining us on this journey uh cookie where can people find you uh social media on instagram at just little podcast on twitter at just podcasting youtube just little podcast patreon just little podcast there will be no more halo you heard it from me no more <laughs> halo talk big on scoop my, <laughs> on my patreon uh hopefully i can get back into the role of things it's been it's been tough to do like scheduling, so hopefully I can get back into those. I know how hard it's been with scheduling. I'm trying to schedule this show with you. <laughs> exactly. It's been tough. And it's like, Cookie, you're available? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I you know, I understand how things are difficult for you right now. So um, sure. I appreciate you taking the time out to do the show with me. Absolutely. And thank you for always letting me hop on here and talk Star Trek with you. Of course. Honestly, I consider you part of the Fickner podcast family anyway. Stop. 
Um, it's just a little, little tears. Oh. Um, so that'll do it. Speaking of, so this is Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Card. There are other Fake Nerds Watch shows that you can check out if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel. Uh, by the way, Fake Nerds Watch also exists in audio. Make sure to subscribe to that audio feed uh, if you like to get your get these episodes in audio format. Uh, the Last of Us is a Fake Nerds Watch series going on right now, um, coming to an end soon probably because I think that show is ending. Yeah, very close. Um, and we've discussed what, how we're going to do the Mandalorian season three. It's going to be a little bit different than we've done the Mandalorian before, uh, but a fake nerds watch series on the Mandalorian is imminent. Um, and you can of course check out basement arcade, which is our video game. Let's play series basement arcade pause menu, which is our video game discussion series animation station speaks for itself and fake nerd book club, which is the comic book series. Um, there are more things coming. I don't want to say too much about things that I'm I'm working on, but I will say here, like I said on the podcast, um, I have a site, I have another show on this channel called Conversation, which is audio only. Conversation now has an official release window of April. Woo! So uh, season two of Conversation is coming. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to finally listen to that. I've talked about it on the social medias and of course on the Fickner podcast last week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, Okay, I think that's it. Of course, you can find all the all of us uh, Patreon, T Public, if you'd like to support us financially. Uh, there is a uh, on on all the social medias, a Fickner podcast. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for CBR.com, uh, AtomicGeekdom.com, and KaijuRamaMedia.com. Cookie, where can they find you? Just little podcasts on social media. Very cool. Until next time, you see us, guys. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.